Have a drink with me. Hey! Welcome to Have a Drink with Me. I'm your host, Dylan Polniak, and joining me today is a hilarious comic from the San Francisco area, Chad Opitz. Hello, Dylan. Thanks for, Thanks joining for the having show. me. Man, thank you for having me. When you hit me up about yeah. this, it sounded like a damn delight. Yeah, I saw you immediately posted on social media that you were so excited to drink Greyhounds, mm-hmm. your drink of choice. Yes, sir. And talk about Robocop. Also my film of choice. <laughs> you have a huge one. Oh, my well, God, look at that. You have a massive cheers. mug, dude. <laughs> See, mine is nowhere near. You are perfect, man. Yeah, my wife just said, you're going to get heartburn. I was like, oh, I know. Yeah, that is might a, as well, man, uh, might that's as well a lot right. of citric acid up in there, dude. Oh, yeah. So with Greyhounds, did you go with vodka or gin? I went with vodka. In fact, I don't even know if I've had one with gin before. And I bet it's good, but I've always just had the vodka ones. I feel like I've always had vodka, so I wanted to go with gin this time. You know, I didn't even know that what that that was a thing until like recently i was at a bar and someone was like gin or vodka and i was like what because like no one had asked me before yeah so you've just been doing vodka and then someone finally told you hey there's There's an alternate method which i should try i did not want to try it today if we're talking about you know the classics like robocop and i wanted to keep it uh the way i knew it there you go. So would you say Greyhound's probably your go-to drink, or is it kind of like a occasional... It is. I would funsies? say Greyhound and gin and tonic, because generally I stay away from beer. I, I lately have been drinking some sours, but not very frequently. Uh, but generally I do uh, prefer cocktails, and um, yeah, Greyhound and gin and tonic are almost always what I go for. Oh, it's interesting that you haven't done a gin Greyhound if you like gin well, and tonic. again, like I didn't even know until, I mean, I seriously found out about their existence probably two months ago mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I will try them, but, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do it tonight. I should definitely give that a shot. I, just, I always just forget, like yeah. only a few places have ever told me like, or asked if I wanted it with gin. So. Oh yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, I think it's vodka and grapefruit juice, or maybe it's gin. And it said you can pick either. So figured I'd yeah. go with gin. I always do vodka, so switch okay. it up a little bit. Well, you're because you're an adventurous man. I am, <laughs> especially <I> gotta... <laughs> when you're drinking it from this massive mug. I, I hope you you should take a picture of yourself with that. I will and post that along with this episode, so people can cherish what you're drinking this yeah. from. So this mug is actually a 1990 Oak Tree uh, inaugural running of the California Cup. I found wow. like 20 of these mugs all around SoCal at different Goodwills. So I've collected uh-huh. like each year just out of nowhere. So I figured, yeah. eh, why not? That is awesome. I haven't drank out of this before. So, man, well, this is the proper time to do it. Yeah. And I'm hoping I can finish the whole thing, but we'll see. Uh, I, th- I have a feeling you will. Once we get rolling with this, with this robo talk, you're going to be like, ugh, gluggity, glug, glugs. Oh, exactly. I've got like too much stuff to talk about with RoboCop. And uh, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, before we started recording, but you said that you did not have to watch uh, RoboCop again because it is burned into your memory. Yeah, I've watched. I mean, I've seen it. It's up there with the, the movies I've seen the most, for sure. I've probably mm-hmm. seen it. God, rough guesstimate. 30 to 35 times. So not like an insane amount. But... Time today. You watched it for the first time today? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I had to hang up with you so that I could finish 
oh, the movie. Man, you and should... I was like, I, I think there's like five minutes left, but it was just yeah. like the guy was like, "Hey, what's your name?" And he's like, "Murphy." Yeah, and then that was it. So <laughs> dun, I was dun, only dun, like, dun, I only had like ten seconds left. Yeah, then it's that Paul Verhoeven directed by credit. Dun 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 yeah. dun dun dun. Man, well, I'm so it's sorry great. I interrupted. I feel no. Bad this is now. great. So I actually, I think I told you to hop on. So you did. Uh, so I, I didn't know that you were in the middle of watching the feature. Yeah, I like put it on as soon as work got done, and then I ended up having to work late. So I was like working and then watching, and then I was like, "Wait a second! Did I just hear that correctly?" Uh, most of the time that the movie was going, so I had to keep stopping it and rewinding it. But I love that you've seen this so much because yeah. I I need help with this movie. Sure. <laughs> sure. And uh, can I ask you a question? Which version did you watch? Do you know? Cause there is a, uh, there is a like uncut version, which has extra gore. Hmm. I just know that this was the $7 and 50 cent mm. DVD three pack from Amazon. Oh, well then it probably is. Cause I have that tri- the trilogy, the Robocop trilogy. Yeah. And the one that I have, the first film is the unrated director's cut. Okay, this was super gory. So okay, this I don't is, know how can they I, could make it. I, I this is how wild. you'll know the the two deaths. There's the the Murphy's death scene and the scene mm-hmm. in the in the boardroom where the guy gets shot up. Like those are yeah. very long scenes. Long as in. Murphy got shot like 50 times he, and he just kept going like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And ow, like, oh. there's a scene where they blow his arm off and you see it very clearly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, cut it, they shoot his hand off. Yes. Yeah. And okay, so you definitely saw the the director's cut because in the R-rated version, you, it's, it's like the camera shot is a little lower so you don't see the hand actually blowing oh, off. Oh, gotcha. Oh, good! I saw the right version. Then. You did. You, you're 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 seeing it properly. Okay, good because I would not want to see it any other way. <laughs> I was like, I mean, the first the first line is like, "You give us three minutes, and I'll give and we'll give you the world." It's oh, like yeah. that's my pickup line with my wife. <laughs> Damn! It's and like it what a great way to start a movie. Yeah. yeah. I love that it opens on like a newsreel, uh, you know, where like the the laser has like uh, uh, struck near and like given a bunch of like heart attacks to like old U.S. presidents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's it's wild. It, it's and the, a, the the male news anchors smiling and like laughing every time he's giving the news too. It's yeah, like yeah. One hundred and thirteen dead from the laser shot. Yes, yes. Uh, in San Bernardino, where there was like. Two presidents or something. I, Why or two or three presidents? Why are they going to San Bernardino? Yes, I. Uh, or I've Santa seen, Barbara. I've seen it was yeah Santa Barbara, and I've seen that actor, the guy that plays the newscaster, in another movie mm-hmm. in that exact same type of role where he was like the newscaster and stuff. And I was yeah. like, well, man, was he like actually a newscaster that they like? They wanted. Did they cast like real newscasters? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure about that, but. It was a. It was basically the exact same type of role. So I was like, "Well, man, maybe he's actually a newscaster that just did occasional acting work." I'm not sure. Yeah, could be. But yeah, I mean, he seemed seemed like a newscaster. So he de- definitely had that look and sound. Yeah. You were talking about uh, when Kenny gets destroyed in the the room. Yeah. The and the uh, uh, ED two hundred nine is just like mm-hmm. busts in. He's like, "Drop your weapon!" Yeah. And then drops his weapon, and then he's like resist in 10 seconds like five seconds and then they 
obliterates him. Yes. And I was just expecting one person from the boardroom just to be like, he's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've created the perfect mm-hmm. cop. Well, he, they kind of, no, well, no one's like happy about it, but like uh, the way that uh, Dick Jones handles it is like, he's not really that upset. He's like, it's just a minor glitch, you know? And it's the old man yeah. that's like, <laughs> you call this a glitch, you know? And he's, he's upset. And so that's when uh, mm-hmm. Bob Morton swoops in and is like, hey, man, I've got this other idea that I want to pitch to you. And so he takes that as an opportunity to, you know, I'm going to uh, give an intro to my RoboCop plan. Um, yeah. But I just love mm-hmm. that. Um, it's such a great scene because it's very tragic, but also really funny at the same time. And I think this movie, the, yeah. the tone of the film is it just somehow it, it works in both ways where like, you're not like, oh, this is hilarious. But like it, there's definitely something very funny about the idea of that happening in like a, in the mm-hmm. in a boardroom meeting type setting, something so insane happening. Um, yep. But it, it also is like, you know, very messed up at the same time. But I, there's for sure something very comedic about it and it works in both ways. Yeah, because like any one of those guys would have went home and their wife would have been like, honey, how was your day? And it'd be like, Kenny, Kenny's yeah, dead. Yeah, Kenny got whatever. Blown, blown apart by a huge uh, robot. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, and then they <laughs> yeah. just scream at their kids and yep. ask for dinner. And then they go play that That's, uh, that, uh, that game, uh, Nukem, or like, oh yeah. They, yeah, they get the family <laughs> together and play that board game, Nukem, where they, they just blow things up. Yeah, and I don't understand that either. It's just like out of nowhere, they have like a five-second ad for Nukem. Yeah. It's like essentially uh, battleships, and then it's like, Nukem! And then it just goes to another scene. There's not, They're not pitching that idea or anything. No, it's just to get you, like, I love that stuff about it, though. Like, it's very, you know, it's, it's getting you in that world and, like, how everything is just basically, like, an ad. Everything is... You know the whole the the TV show where the, like it looks just dumb as hell, but the guy after everything that happens just goes, "I'd buy that for a dollar," and like everyone think yeah. that think that's <laughs> so funny, regardless of the context to it. So yeah, at, in the, in that world, humor has just been boiled down to like a catchphrase, which is pretty common mm-hmm. now. You know, it's like there's a lot of things that are like that. Um, but I, it just kind of gets you wrapped up in the in the universe of that. Like it's been like kind of corporate stuff has taken over, and they're trying to sell you these absurd like war driven games. But it's like it's fun for the family. Newcom, you know, and TJ Laser as well. TJ Laser, yes, and the, and RoboCop's kid loves TJ Laser, and he's got to mm-hmm. you know copy that gun move, and that that all comes around. I love how that plays into like. Yep. Uh, how he that shows that he's still partly human is when you see him do that move because mm-hmm. like, he remembers that. Yeah, yeah. Dad, can you do that? Yeah, he's like, I've been, you know, trying that. It'll really impress the kid, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this murder will totally impress my son. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they show a clip from the show, and it's super violent. And the kid's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved the the part where uh, Murphy's waking up as RoboCop, and they're like tightening his stuff and like his face in the 3ds happening i was like this looks like a shitty universal studios ride like we're all sitting in our chairs strapped in this is what's on the big screen and then we're going to start like riding through detroit on a (laughs) vehicle that never existed in the movie and we're just going to like watch 
like all of the like chaos and stuff. I wonder if they did that because that's totally how it feels. That's true. Like if you go on one of those like you're in the ride things like in the mid 90s. I think I went on one at the fair, like the Puyallup Fair up in Washington. There was a Terminator 2 ride. And we, you know, you sit in these things. It's like you're on the back of a of Schwarzenegger's uh, motorcycle. And it's just, whoa, whoa. But that definitely has yeah. that sort of like POV perspective. And I love that they do that in this movie where like when they introduce RoboCop, you are RoboCop. Like you have mm-hmm. his, his, uh, and they don't really do that a whole lot through the rest of the picture. Like it does happen. Like the scene where he walks through the house and stuff. But it's not yeah. it's not overdone, and they could have done that. Mm-hmm. Like they they could have used that in the action scenes like overly, and it would have been like corny. But they used it like yeah. just the right amount. I felt where it was like a cool added just cinematic cinematography thing that they uh, would bust in every now and then to show that like all right, he's got this sort of viewpoint and this is what he's seeing. But then they cut to you know other things so it's, it doesn't get oh, like super corny and lame yeah i feel like they were trying to do that as like a marketing tool to try to sell like a universal studios ride yeah. or like a video game like a first person shooter uh-huh i was it was very very like duke nukem like yeah quake. what this was like i mean this came out in like 87 and the, were that were there mm-hmm. any like games like that until like the early nineties. Cause I know that was a big thing. Like oh, I don't know. 92, 93 with like uh doom and yeah, Duke Nukem. But before, I don't know if there'd been a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I was like, I mean, it seems like it like watching it now. I mean, it's 2021. They mm-hmm. could totally make a RoboCop game if they wanted to. Of course. Uh, I, I even think like... now it would be even better like time to make it honestly. Cause like, Oh, Over yeah. time, the cult followers of it are just growing and growing. And if you watch like interviews with uh, Peter Weller and Paul Verhoeven about the movie, it's like there's an amazing one of Peter Weller where he's like kind of re- he rewatches it for the first time in probably 15, 20 years, you know, because he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever. He's like a Roman history professor now. He doesn't even really act much. And him listening to him discuss what he gets out of the movie now rewatching it is so fascinating because he's seeing it from a completely new perspective. He's, you know, and uh, he's all, he's just a, he's a brilliant orator and how he, the information he's gathering from it is so interesting and like unique. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, there's the, I'll send you a link to that interview after this as well. It's phenomenal. Oh, that'd be great. There was, a, there's something I want to send you a link to, but I'm sure you've seen it because you've seen RoboCop a thousand times, but mm-hmm. did you see the, the 57 like filmmakers who redid all the scenes from RoboCop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and of course the most <laughs> famous one is like the, just the dick shooting scene where it's like just yeah. boom, over and over. And like, of course that is the scene that everyone remembers the most because it's the yeah. most uh, over the top and funny, you know? Yeah, well, I saw, I had seen the the remake version of it. And I was like, oh, this is super funny. Mm-hmm. But I'd never seen the actual RoboCop film. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that that scene actually oh, happened. Yeah, yeah. I thought it oh, was like, it. someone was like blo- like blowing <laughs> it up. But but yeah, I, that like happened. I was like, what? Like, oh, where did that. he learn to do that? Okay, I love Like, how that. is that RoboCop's instinct to yeah, yeah, shoot yeah. off a dick? Oh, I love that, dude. Because you're, you're coming at it from a completely different 
take. I love that. Like we're having a discussion. You're just now seeing it, but you've seen a, yeah. a bunch of references to the movie, what you're yes. seeing out of context. So you're like, okay, all right. I know that's a RoboCop thing, but then you're going into RoboCop and then you're discovering all of the things that uh, have referenced it. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel really bad for myself for this same kind of thing. <laughs> like I never saw, I never saw alien. Okay. But I saw Spaceballs. Oh, okay. okay. Spaceballs parodies oh. the chestburster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, <laughs> I saw that and was like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, man. Okay. So, That's so funny. Uh, but I'm glad that that was actually a scene mm-hmm. and it didn't actually ruin anything. It just made it so much better. I was at a um, a show in San Francisco at a venue called Piano Fight and there was a band playing and I really liked the band. They were called The Go Ahead. And I went up to the lead singer mm-hmm. after the show and I was like, man, that was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And she was really cool and nice. We talked for a while and she was like, oh, what do you do? I, was, I, did, I do stand up comedy. She, and she's like, when? And I was like, like, I'm doing a show tonight. And so she came and watched a show. And I have a bit where I do a RoboCop opera, RoboCopera. So it's like a two minute like song <laughs> thing, you know, where I take lines from the film and turn it into like a, an opera. And mm-hmm. after the sh- after the sh- uh, show, she was like, "Oh my god, I love that!" I have to tell my dad about it. And I was like, so "She was like, oh, he'll love it." And I was like, "Oh, cool. That's I mean, she, her dad must love RoboCop." And yeah. then I followed her on Instagram, and she posted up a picture like months later of her with her dad, and her dad is Ray Wise, who was in RoboCop. He's one of oh, uh, boy. <laughs> he's one of Clarence Boddicker's henchmen, and he is. Fucking, he's the killer in Twin Peaks. He's Laura Palmer's dad. Like, he's been in tons of stuff. And like, hmm. when I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God, what? So, like, I messaged her, like, oh, my, your dad is Ray Wise? It, like, blew my mind. And she was like, yeah, I'll, next time we're up in uh, San Francisco, I'll bring him to see your show. And she did. She brought yeah. him to a show of mine. And he saw Copra, And, like, then afterwards, we chatted for a little bit. And he bought me a drink. It was amazing. It was so cool. Wow. He was very Yeah, this is the first time I've seen seen him in a movie like when he's younger. Yeah, it's mostly was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mostly you always has seen a, him like mafia style movies or he's like a He has a you know, he has a distinct leader. look now where he's got the gray mm-hmm. like slicked back hair and he always mm-hmm. almost always is wearing a suit. But yep. in the past like he he definitely did different types of roles, but he aged into like this particular look that is perfect as like a yeah, like a boss type gangster dude. So that's most yeah. of the stuff. He I think does. he was, he might have been in like Burger King commercials as well. Like he was like an evil boss guy in like a Burger King commercial. As I, well. I don't know. I, I, that'd be amazing though. We'll find it. You're together, probably not but... wrong. That sounds about right. <laughs> but that's like kind of what I remember him from. But, but yeah, like also with that scene, his death scene, mm-hmm. I need to talk about this too. I, who are we supposed to root for in this movie? That's like what I want to know is like, yeah, everyone's a bad guy. And I know that like, oh, RoboCop's the good guy, but also he shoots dicks. He like <laughs> murders yeah, but he shoots, people. He shoots the dick of a rapist guy. It's not like but he's the like. the guy stopped. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, I don't know. I, to me, he's very obvious. I think he's supposed to be for sure. Like we're supposed to be rooting for RoboCop. Like, yeah, and- I couldn't. <laughs> really? Okay. Tell, I want to hear more about like what, why, why not? Well, I mean, you look at kind of like all the cops and his partner, I can't Uh think of her name, but the girl who's in love with him, she kills Ray Wise 
with like a rocket launcher or like yes, a sniper yes. rifle and blows him up. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to root for that? Like, Wait, what? no one deserves to get blown up. Why, dude? Come on. You got sometimes you just got to lose yourself in an action picture. Because, like, they're clearly, like, trying to kill them, you know? So, yeah. dude, if, I'm, if I get a hold of a rocket launcher and that's, she's trying to, he's trying to kill me and RoboCop, I'm definitely blowing up someone with a rocket launcher. But RoboCop is a robot and he gets just a bunch of, like, metal dropped on him. Yeah, then, but she, he's still like that's part of the thing is like he, there's still humanity there, and like she knows it, like she's she can see it, and they have that discussion. It's I think it's fascinating. I, that's one of the reasons I love the movie is because it's him rediscovering yeah. like holy shit, I'm a I'm not just a piece of equipment. I'm there's something inside me that is like they they're trying to use me as this tool, and I can't be just a corporate uh, uh, weapon or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty deep, pretty deep metaphor for an actual cop as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because they are all, uh, you know, we see them all as like weapons and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was like, I don't know. I kind of like, uh, was it Kurtwood? Whatever his name was. He's, he, I mean, dude, he's clearly an evil piece of shit, but he's got an amazing <laughs> personality. And uh, Kurtwood's acting is, he's one of the best villains in any movie, in my opinion, in this movie. He's also, yeah, I, I, love, I was thinking like, did he even have to audition for that 70s show? I mean, I would have given him <laughs> that part immediately yeah, yeah. based off of his role in Robocop. Uh-huh. He's phenomenal in this movie. And I, I, I'm a huge fan of villains who are not particularly physically intimidating, but they somehow still are because he's not like a hulking presence whatsoever. He's a small diminutive dude, but there's something mm-hmm. about his entire attitude and just the way he talks, everything he does is sinister. And so I would for sure be be physically scared of him for some reason. Yeah. I love that sort I'm of I'm six foot four and I would be the same way. Yeah. Every everything he I would says, do anything he asks me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that I love that part in where he's talking to the uh, the the uh, crime lord in like the where they're making the cocaine and he's just like guns 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 the tigers are playing tonight i never miss a game there's something about his delivery in that where i'm just like this guy mm-hmm. is like insane like there's something very off-putting and unsettling about all of his delivery yeah and that's what he's focusing on is like not that he's being hunted by cops or that he's like killing people but but like sports Yes. Yeah. He's more concerned about, I got to get back to watch yeah. this Tigers game. I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> like, can he, he will, he would gladly end someone's life if it kept him from seeing that game. He doesn't give a fuck about people. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought he was so good in it. And he's funny. Like, Cause you, you don't see him in much either. Like Kurtwood Smith. I mean, you see him, I know him from that 70s show and then I've yeah. seen him maybe in like five things besides that. But Same like, here. I mean, he's got a pretty good range. I saw him in some like early '80s movie, like during quarantine. I'd never seen. It was with um, God, it was Chris Christopherson. It was called like Flashpoint. He was the bad guy in that movie, hmm. and he's great in that too. I was just like, damn, why didn't he get more high profile stuff after these movies? Like, because he's clearly like just a great actor. I wonder if it was just his choice. I mean, he that '70s show. I mean. You probably don't have to work after that. True, true. And like that is what he's most remembered for, for sure. And he's great in it. He's hilarious. So he's obviously got like a lot of range. One like line that I loved. Uh I'm not going to be able to quote it, but 
where Dick is talking to the guy who invented RoboCop. Yeah. The guy who ends up getting his knees shot and Bob, the Bob grenade Morton. blown up. Yeah. Miguel Ferrer, Bob Morton. Yeah. He like catches him in the bathroom and he's like, yeah. sometimes you call your boss Iron Butt. Yeah. <laughs> boner. Or asshole. <laughs> I was like, I've never called my boss boner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, called yeah, him yeah. an asshole. Yeah. And then, he, and, then, and then he says like, but there's always respect. And you've crossed the mm-hmm. line, buddy boy. And he like grabs his hair. It's a very weird like, kind of, there's like Sexual. weird. Yeah, there's like a homoerotic undertone to it. Um, but it's just mm-hmm. clearly like an intimidation move on his part. Like a power thing. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, I love their dynamic of how he's like the higher up corporate dude and this the the, mm-hmm. the lower level guys trying to like, usurp his position and shit and it's just they're but they're both such fucking like sleaze balls but that's the thing too is like am i supposed to like was it bob the guy who gets his knees shot i don't think you and, are I, but he's also not like a straight up villain but he's very yeah, obviously but you're supposed to feel for him you are in that moment. Yeah. yeah so it's like villains turning on villains good guys doing villainous stuff i mean mm-hmm. shooting someone's dick off <laughs> You're, I've 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 never watched that scene and been like, fucking RoboCop. How could you? I don't know because like <laughs> he, I mean, he had a gun to that woman's head. Like he was like, it was a hostage situation, you know. But look at the precision he had. He shot between the woman's legs through yeah. her dress. He could yes. have shot the guy in the shoulder or the neck or true. the head. That's very true. It's but like, he went it was, full. He dick. went for that dick. Honestly, I think. If any, like, that was just a crowd-pleasing moment, honestly. I think people wanted mm-hmm. to see a dick blow up. <laughs> like, Paul, I bet you anything. Paul, I wonder if that was in the script. Because I bet Verhoeven is like, he needs to shoot the dick off. We've got to have a dick shoot explosion. Dick. Yeah. Yep. I, I guarantee, if you watch the interviews with Verhoeven, he's extremely animated. And yeah. uh, he's he's a clearly hilarious dude. And he's got... All these takes on RoboCop where like he initially when he read the script, he was like, oh, this is garbage. And then his wife picked it out of the trash and was like, reread, like read it and gave it back to him. And it's like, you're going to want to read this again because this has so many things that you're into. And apparently Mm -hmm. like Verhoeven is like obsessed with like the Christ story. And he even wrote like a, Hmm. a huge book about Jesus. He's not personally religious, but he finds all of it fascinating and like thinks as, as a story, it's amazing. And he, he was like, while I was rereading this script, I saw all of these Christ parables of like the resurrection, you know, it's like, and then the end when he's like walking on water, you know, that part before he kills uh, Clarence and stuff. And he was like, oh my God, this is just a, a Christ story for the like 20th century. And I thought that was mm-hmm. such a funny way of looking at it. And that's what got him initially excited about the film. My favorite part of the Bible is when Jesus shoots the dick. Oh, yeah, him. man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it one of Pontius Pilate's men? He's just like, <laughs> Christ was like, oh, no. Or oh, was it when he was in like the tax den and like fucking flipped a table and then shot a dick off? It was that time. Yeah. He flipped. He built a table mm-hmm. so that he could flip it. Yes. And then, yeah, he had his hand up like Robocop and yeah. then was like. This is better. Yeah, dude. And then aim down and yeah. blast it off. Well, if he can turn water if he can turn water into wine, he can t- turn a finger into a gun. Come on. Mm-hmm. It seems like he can it's, turn a penis into a no penis. It can turn he can turn a penis into an exploded <laughs> penis. It's true. Into two pieces of a penis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a super memorable scene. That's gonna be yeah. uh one of the biggest scenes that stick out for me. Anytime someone mentions Robocop, I'm gonna think 
dick blown off. But yeah. do you have an absolute favorite scene from this oh, movie? Oh, man. That is such a good question. Um, Absolute favorite scene. I... The one that like just immediately popped into my mind was the scene with um, Ed Two Hundred Nine, where like he he goes to arrest Dick Jones, and Dick Jones is like, mm-hmm. "Hey, buddy, you have this fourth uh, directive that he doesn't know about, where he can't arrest a uh, employee or like a, an executive of the company." Yeah, and so he starts, you know, he can't function as well, and then he brings out Ed Two Hundred Nine and. I love the stop motion animation by Phil Tippett on, on Ed 209. So it's like, I think it's great. Phenomenal stop motion. And so they have a battle and then that's the part where how RoboCop gets away is he just goes down the stairs and Ed 209 can't do that. Cause yes. he's just like, uh, you see <laughs> his like, back you see kicking. his feet, like, what do we do here? And then he just like falls uh, down the stairs on his back and they have these like weird, like piglet noises, like, wah, wah, wah. It's a, yep. I, I, that part always like especially when I was younger and I watched it, I would lose my mind. Like this is such an amazing combination of like hilarious, like putting something incredibly funny into like a serious like action movie. It worked very very mm-hmm. well for me, and like and also just that animation is phenomenal by Phil Tippett. Yeah. Yeah. That scene it's always like sticks out to me. There was a, uh, I watched something like a making of, of RoboCop not too long ago, and they showed how they shot some of the scenes of Ed 209 with the room, the mm-hmm. uh, boardroom. Yeah. And then it was just like, they had a small model right in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So everyone was reacting to it being large because that's yeah. how the audience would have seen it. Yeah. Um, can't remember where I saw it, but, but I remember seeing that scene in this movie and I was like, oh, I just saw that yeah. in something. Well, if you it might do, have been like uh, something with Corridor Crew. Okay, if you do like a search on stuff, they did have it didn't move, but they had a full size mm-hmm. Ed two hundred nine, and like oh, there's yeah. there's a couple shots of like Verhoeven like in front of it that are so funny where he's like ah, striking this like pose in front of it, ah. and um, so they had a a full size one built just where it's not moving, but the, yeah, yeah, whenever it's animated, I think they had a smaller version. Um, mm-hmm. but I love that there's just varying levels of, of the size for that, that creation. And also like, I don't like RoboCop two nearly as much as the first one, but the stop motion in that in RoboCop two is unbelievable. And like the bad guy in that is called like RoboCop two. It, they call it RoboCop two. It's Ooh. like Kane. <laughs> Clever. And they, the, they distinctly made the, uh, the, um, uh, the, the model so, difficult to recreate because they didn't want anyone like trying to like steal it for like ripoff versions. Like, so Mm -hmm. if you look at the design of it, it's very, very complex and bizarre and there's all kinds of little things on it, which you like would have to be like hyper-focused on in order to like duplicate. And so it's, it's, it's such an interesting uh, piece of art. So look for, look for images of that creature from RoboCop too. It's really, really cool. Final thoughts with RoboCop. I want to share my favorite scene. Sure. And yes, the yeah. dick dick shooting is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. But I think my favorite scene in this, like I had to like stop everything I was doing and just, I was just like, how did this happen? So RoboCop goes into a club. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's got Ray Wise. This is a scene with Ray Wise in it. And Ray Wise pulls out his gun. RoboCop's like, no. 
Yeah. The gun goes flying in the air. Uh-huh. Some girl dancing at the club catches it and is just like, just keeps dancing yeah, yeah. with the gun in her hand. <laughs> yeah. There's no like, oh my God, I got a gun. Or like, oh my God, there's yeah. a, a gun in here. Or <laughs> what is going on? RoboCop is here. It's just yeah. like, she catches just it. Boom. And then she just keeps going. It's so funny. And I don't, I don't think they're, I mean, Dick scenes, Dick scenes the best, but bar scene is my favorite too. And also Number that, two. that scene has a incredibly quick cameo from Paul Verhoeven, the director. There's just like one, mm. sh- there's just one sh- random shot of him look, like, looking directly into the camera being like, ah! which I thought was very funny. So if you, oh, re- if you rewatch that moment, that shot where someone's just like, ah! it's like, that's Paul Verhoeven. And I, yeah, I love oh, that. Like, great. she doesn't break like a beat. She just catches it, and it's just like, yeah, it's, so it's just like catches it, sees it, <laughs> keeps going. Yeah, just like this is this is meant to happen because yeah. you probably think like the the director is probably like, okay, um, you're gonna catch the gun and then like acknowledge it, but like you you know you're like on drugs and you don't know what's going on, and so her as an actress was like going to sell this. Mm-hmm. caught it whoa yeah yeah just like there's no no stopping her in, in this moment yeah. so i know another very quickly before uh another scene i always think about is the one at the gas station when the i can't remember the oh, henchman's yeah. name but when the guy stops to get gasoline and he's a cheat for no reason he's just gonna hold up the gas station and he's like the guy behind the uh behind the glass is reading a plan like a plain geometry plain book. geometry and yeah. it's such a specific <laughs> choice where you i love that where like he, the guy doesn't even have any lines but for some reason because they add that specific element of him reading a plain geometry book you somehow give a shit about him and it tells you something about that character and the guy's like oh you think you're smart college boy can you outsmart a bullet and instantaneously you are on his side and you're like fucking don't kill this dude he's got a future he's not he's just working at this gas station to make ends meet and then robocop shows up and like thwarts it but i love that small little moment and then that huge explosion and that that crazy motorcycle stunt where the guy hits the car and like clearly a stuntman got very very he could have killed himself doing that stunt it's an amazing stunt oh yeah but that's an amazing couple minutes as well i said earlier who am i supposed to root for in this movie and you just told me the gas station attendant. Yeah. He's the lead. He's the lead in <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> he's got a story arc of he's going to college. Yeah. But now maybe not because he just lost his job. Like, yeah. The gas he, station he has to go apply somewhere else. Yeah. They, I know. So now he's got to go find a new job yep. so that he can continue with college. Yep. <sighs> That's what you get for being smart, I guess. It's true, man. But at least he didn't, I mean, at least he got out alive. I was, because, like, yeah, you're watching that scene like, oh, come on, don't kill this guy. Like, yeah. he's just reading a book, dude. Mm-hmm. Shoot his dick, at least. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. if, you have, if you have to. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to get into a little bit about drinking. And then uh, we're going to get uh, some links to Chad's social media so you guys can follow him everywhere he goes. <laughs> If you've made it this far into the episode, it's safe to assume you're enjoying the show. You can support this podcast by picking up some merch over at shop.stricterpictures.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, and check out some of the other content we've created on this channel. Thanks. 
All right, we are back again. We're with Chad Opitz, super funny comedian. If you want to protect Rick Moranis, <laughs> this is the guy that you need to hire. True. Um, originally, when I when I found you on Facebook, I was like, oh, cool. You know, I see some of your um, stand up, and I, I watch your stuff on Instagram, and and then it was endless videos of you <laughs> protecting. Yeah. Training to protect Rick yes. Moranis after that jackass uh, <laughs> punched him in the streets. Yeah, man. But uh, everyone needs to follow uh, Chad Opitz here. Um, where can we find you on social media? Uh, very easy. Just my name, at Chad Opitz, C-H-A-D-O-P-I-T-Z. And all at like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, g- I generally have the most fun probably on Instagram, just because I like the combat, the stories and... Uh, all mm-hmm. those functions are really fun, but also, you know, I do some good tweets here and there. So follow me on there as well. There you go. And uh, we were talking during the break, you've got uh, potentially something coming up that you're working on. Yeah. I mean, I was, this happened pre uh, COVID. Like I got hit up. This was like, I, I, this was January, 2020. My roommate was like, Hey, I saw a casting notice uh, for SF casting for a young Francis Ford Coppola and Mm. check out the picture. And he sent me a picture of this. The picture example did look very much like me. And I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. Maybe I'll do that. And then that night at a show, a audience member after the show approached me and said, Oh my God, I saw this um, casting call for a young Francis Ford Coppola in the picture example. It looks a lot like you. And I was like, Holy Lord, I better fucking look into this. And so I signed up for it the next day, you know, not expecting anything. And then maybe a week goes by and I'm actually, I was leaving a movie at the Alamo draft house in San Francisco and I, I'm like, hello. And they say, this is the casting director for Amazon's Goliath. And we want you to be a young Francis Ford Coppola in our show. And oh, I was, wow. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, do, do I have to come in on an audition? And the guy just goes, not if you look like that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what the hell? So a week goes by and I'm like, they, they sent me one message. They're like, send us your measurements and whatnot. And, uh, you know, but I, I'm like, when is this really going to happen? And then yeah. like uh, midnight, the day before the shoot is supposed to happen the whole in my, in my brain. I'm like, Oh, this has all been a ruse. This isn't actually going to happen. You're being and, pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Like this has been a trick. And then I get like an email, like the night before, like way late, like almost midnight. And it's like meet at the pier in San Francisco, at like eight 30. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So it's happening. Wake up and do it. And like, it's a, again, it's like a featured, like extra thing. I have no lines. I'm just in yeah. uh, an outfit made up to look like young Francis Ford Coppola. But definitely the best part, because the scene we did was shot at this place in North Beach called Cafe Triste, where uh, Francis Ford Coppola would write in like the late 60s mm-hmm. and early 70s. And so they just wanted somebody in that place that looked like Francis Ford Coppola to be sitting on a typewriter and typing and like sipping a cappuccino. Yeah. And so I'd be in just a few shots, like in the foreground or the background. But the best part easily was like when I walked into that cafe all of the staff lost their minds. They're just like, Francis is here, Francis. And like all these old, (laughs) this old man, like this old Italian man, like came out of the back, like, oh, Francis Coppola is here, he's here. And I, there's a huge like poet, like not a poster, but like a big 
picture on the wall of Francis Ford Coppola wearing the outfit that they picked out for me. So that that oh, wow. moment was so cool. And it, it's not like a big part whatsoever. It's like an extra thing. But that experience of like walking in there and like having them all just relive something mm-hmm. from the past was so cool. And I love, I was just amazing. Yeah, so I don't even know really like when awesome. that's going to be coming out or like, cause everything mm-hmm. got shut down cause of COVID that we filmed that yeah. in like February, 2020. So it was right beforehand. But if it does oh, come yeah. out, it'd be season four of Goliath on Amazon. Uh, the Billy Bob. Oh, awesome. Show. Yeah. And I immediately looked up young Francis Ford Coppola when you said that. Yeah. And the third image on Google is one of your tweets Oh really? You side by side with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a great like the pic, the one picture they picked cuz I don't think I look a lot like him, but the one picture they had picked for the casting call was dead on. Like I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, that's definitely looks like me." So, I think oh, that's, that's what got me the part. That's awesome. Yeah, so everyone obviously needs to follow Chad on social media, follow everything that he's working on cuz you're super funny. Thank you, man. And Let's uh, let's get to the uh, the end of this here episode, talking a little bit more about drinking. Yeah. So Greyhounds. Yes. Underrated beverage. Let's get into this. Underrated yeah. beverage. I love I love how the acidity, as you I'm sure you know by now after drinking that massive <laughs> mug of yours, the acidity of yeah. the grapefruit juice. Because a lot of people don't like grapefruit juice because it's very very citrusy, like to a point that's like sour. Yeah. It's very sour, but that yeah. that cuts the booze in such a phenomenal way mm-hmm. that it, I think it 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 uh, it accentuates like the, the deliciousness of both things. Yeah. So yeah, I've always really liked it. The first time I had one, I really loved it, and I would drink those in college sometimes. And then after I moved to the Bay Area, uh, I would get those at the Blue Lagoon where I started doing comedy. And when I moved up to San Francisco, the bartender at the punchline, his name is John Stout. He's awesome. Great dude. He was like, dude, nobody ever orders Greyhounds. Like, you're one of the only mm-hmm. people who ever orders it. So he always remembered that I, that I liked Greyhounds because he's like, this is a very yeah. specific drink that this one person likes. Mm-hmm. And um, he always remembered that. And was whenever I showed up, he would be like, Greyhound? All right, here you go, buddy. And during the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, he was out of work and he didn't have a job because he was bartending at the punchline in San Francisco and it was closed. And he started doing a thing like he posted up online that he was making sangrias at home and he was going to deliver them around the city to whoever wanted them. And it would be like $20 for like a big pitcher of homemade sangria. And so I I messaged him and I was like, I would love a pitcher of sangria. And, you know, he dropped it off at my house and he brought me a pitcher of Greyhound that he had Ooh. made. And it was such it. And I was like, I try, I was like, how much for the Greyhound? And he was like, that's on the house, man. I know you love Greyhounds. And I was just like, dude, this is such a sweet thing. So if you go to the punchline in San Francisco and John Stout is working, tip him tremendously because he's a beautiful human being and makes a wonderful Greyhound. Yeah, I love I love stories like that. Like, knowing people just are like, "Oh, I know you love this and I want you to I want you to be happy." Yeah. I want you to yeah. have this because you love it. Yeah, what man. A- that like that really <laughs> warmed my heart. Yeah. Oh, mine too. Especially with all this goddamn Greyhound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your body. Your heart's already warm, baby. <laughs> Woo, that acid reflux is coming up hard. Oh, I'm about to go chug some Tums for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sorry for picking a drink that like fucks with your stomach. I'm oh, so sorry. it's it's totally fine. This that's the way the show works. The guests tell me what I need to drink. I hate no. gin. I hate grapefruit juice. But hey, it's showbiz, baby. <laughs> Wait, but you made an ama- huge amount then. Well, I you like being like, drunk. <laughs> yeah, you're a trooper then, dude. Because like you're like, you know what? I don't like either of these things, but I'm gonna mix it in a massive container. Yeah, I figured it would make you feel comfortable. So <laughs> here we are. I, it did. This was a phenomenal discussion about two things that I dearly love. So, I mean, when you hit go. me up to like, uh, do you want to drink and talk about RoboCop? I was like, I don't know if there's anything I would rather do. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I've been sure. so excited about this. I was like, I haven't seen it. I don't drink it. Let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, man. It worked out very well. Well, Chad, thank you so much for joining the show. Everyone, follow him on social media. Follow the show. Have a drink with me on social media at H-A-D-W-M. Watch this show on our YouTube channel, watch.h-a-d-w-m. And thanks for listening slash watching. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Absolutely. Absolutely.